0: Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator.
1: Michael Kist. You caught me not listening again? Benjamin Solak.
0: You never listen!
1: It's the Kist and Solak Show. Presented by SB Nation and Bleeding Green Nation. You are flying high on The Kist and Solak Show. This is episode 188, brought to you by the five folk at SB Nation and Bleeding Green Nation. I am your host, Michael Kist. Follow me on Twitter at MichaelKistNFL, that's K-I-S-T. And shortly, I'll be joined by the best dog on co-host in the game, Mr. Tender Streak Without a Bad Day, Benjamin Solak, as we chat with a very special guest you may know him from the eagles preseason booth by watching on tv he is the nfl analyst ross tucker host of the excellent ross tucker football podcast we chat about the recent developments with preseason the return of jason peters and of course the main event the piece de resistance ross takes solak to task for his social media campaigns trying to get the eagles preseason color commentary gig uh, no reason to delay any longer. This is a really fun show, and we thank Ross for coming on. Let's get right to that chat right now. Ross, welcome to BGN. Finally, how you doing, brother?
2: You know what? I'm doing great in the sense that I'm finally on BGN. I've heard about you guys for years, and I had to invite myself on because you guys have never invited me on. So I'm I'm happy from that standpoint But I'm unhappy because, number one, there's no – number two, I should say. I already used number one. Number two, there's no preseason games, which stinks because, as you guys know, last year was my first year doing them. This year was supposed to be the last year where there was four. We're going to have four because moving forward, you're going to be 17 games. And number three, you guys are the guys I always get tweets and emails about because you're the guys trying to steal my job
1: (laughs) as preseason
2: analyst. Okay? (laughs) So that's why I wanted to come on. I get tweets, I get emails, I I get stuff. What about those guys at the preseason? Oh, Ben and Mike. So I wanted to come on and confront the people that are trying to take my job. And it's not a good day for you guys to have me because I'm already not happy and then they just just lost all four preseason games.
0: games. In back last, last summer, when the gig was open, I started just tweeting at the Eagles main account. Just like, listen, me on the preseason color commentary. Let me tell you why. I love UDFAs. I talk way too much. You never have to fill any airtime. It'd be a complete mess. It would be so much fun. And our listeners, because they're kind of nuts, were like, Yeah, let's do it. And then you got the job, and we were like, Yay, Ross, congratulations. But also, we're waiting <laughs> anytime. We'll be willing. It's very funny. When Ross when Ross texted me this past week. And Ross was like, yo, who do I have to kill to get on BGN? I told Michael, I was like, we got to get Ross on. And Mike goes, you understand, I'm going to tell him that we want his job. And I was like, all right, fine. As long as he stays on the call, that's no problem.
2: I already know that you want my job. I can't believe it. That's all funny. Let me just tell you guys, okay? It's not happening. All right? <laughs> I I am one of you. Like, people don't realize this. I grew up in Reading I used to go to Westchester training camp multiple times a year. I had a specific conversation with Randall Cunningham when I was 12 years old where he said, haven't I already signed like 10 autographs for you today? And I was like, I know, but you're my favorite player. (laughs) I mean, I'm the guy that when they would walk off the field at Westchester, I'm the only one that knew that number 62 was Dennis McKnight, a 12-year veteran offensive lineman. All the other little kids were like, sign this, sign this, sign this. And he just stone-faced kept walking. And I said, Mr. McKnight, can you sign this? He stopped, turned around, signed my autograph. I was that guy, okay? I think I'm older than you guys. My first game ever was at the vet when Jaws was the quarterback. And I went there with my dad. And I am not kidding you guys they would only bring rookie Randall Cunningham in on third and long. Think about that now. Like yeah. in today's yeah. NFL, like the fans would root for <laughs> third and seven or more because that meant Randall would come on the field and run around and do stuff that's crazy. So my point is this, Solak. I've been an Eagles fan and a diehard since before you were probably even born, babyface. All right. So stop trying to come at me. If you come at the king, you best not miss. Oh my goodness.
1: Ross, what was it like when you had your first preseason game and your voice gave out?
2: Oh, I forgot about that. Dude, this this is the truth, right? So, so I think people, if you don't know, right, so I'm from Reading, I huge Eagles fan. Then I went to Princeton, played in the NFL seven years, five teams. None of which were the Eagles, unfortunately, (laughs) including, like, playing for the Redskins and starting for the Cowboys against the Eagles. That's a whole other story. So, But I've been in the media for for, since 2008. Like, I've been doing games since I was on IR with the Redskins in 07. I've been doing games, like, 13 years. That has literally never happened to me before. (laughs) And I'm telling you, I do over 20 games a year. I mean, I do uh, 13 games for CBS College. I do NFL, like, Westwood One. Like, that has never happened happened to me before i get a dream gig people say doing four preseason games is a dream gig yes Absolutely. it is yeah. yes it is because i'm the eagles analyst and you're not that's why it is okay <laughs> people don't understand like i would be at avalon and i'm 14 years old and my family's going out to eat and i'm like i'm not going out to eat They're like what do you mean i'm like uh it's the third preseason game this is critical <laughs> this okay is starters, this is baby. critical I need to see how Isel Jenkins does, right? I mean, this is important. My parents would be like, "All right, weirdo, we're out of here." All right. So it was devastating. The day before in the meetings, I could barely talk. I thought, okay, you know what? I'll just save it. I don't like. I had a doctor friend of mine calling all kinds of stuff. I was taking steroids and (laughs) like whatever you could take, okay, to try to talk. And I finally, I didn't talk all day. I'm on the turnpike going down. I stop at the um, Valley Forge and I get, uh, what do they call it? Starbucks. Like the, the, the big thing that you're supposed to drink. But I get that. And I, and when I try to order it, nothing came nothing. out. <laughs> <laughs> and <laughs> I, I, I call, I call the producer and the director and I'm like, Hey, like, I'm just telling you, like, we need a backup. Like spuds has to be ready to go. <laughs> um, Cause I, I really can't tell. And I'll never forget before the game, I interviewed Doug Peterson, and he had kind of heard what was going on, and so I asked him a question. Barely anything came out, oh. and he gave me like a really long, awesome answer. And then I did this—I did a second question. He did the same. Like he saved me. He made me talk carrying a little. And the next time I saw him, I was like, "Dude, thank you so much." And the weird thing about it is, it actually got better as the game went. I have no idea how or what, like if I would have known that, I would have talked all day. So uh, it was devastating. It's like, it's honestly like you finally get, you know, a dream job and then you're not able to show Thank goodness. There's four. I mean, what if it was this year, there was one preseason game and I was the one that did it. And that was my one. That's all people would think about me. And the Eagles would be like, step into my office. Because you're fired, right? Like oh, thank goodness there was four and people could actually hear me do the other games. And I think that's why I got such good feedback from it, is because A, I'm I grew up an Eagles fan. Like, and B, I love it. So, Ben, you love UDFAs? I was a UDFA,
0: <laughs> right? Like yeah, that's true. I love the priest. Like, I don't well, make That was the what roots. was so cool about the the first game when you called it, was because you were clearly struggling, but also like the gusto was still at level 100, you know what I mean? Like, all right, I may not be loud, but I will be extremely energetic, even though I'm gasping for breath at the end. Like, it was fun, you know what I mean? Like, preseason games are always zany, and the fact that, like, Ross Tucker was out here just calling the game of his life with half of a voice was sick.
2: Well, it was funny, too, because, um, you know, it was almost like Eagles fans were rooting for me. (laughs) Like they knew it's a dream gig for me. They knew I grew up an Eagles fan and they're like, you're doing good. You're doing fine. Keep going. You sound better. But it's so funny because now uh, it's a year later and I'll go on shows Like BGN, and the first question will be about my bad voice. Thank you very much, Mike. That was Mike. That wasn't me. That was Mike.
1: Obviously, you mentioned the word uh, devastating, and it's going to be devastating for a lot of guys with the preseason, with there being no chance to showcase their skills. Teams are cutting down to 80-man rosters right now, which means the Eagles are having to cut down as well. How how impactful is it to those bottom-of-the-roster guys? How do you feel as a whole about the elimination of preseason throughout this uh, weird COVID offseason unprecedented process?
2: Well, so I hate it, right? And, and even if you remove me and the Eagles' preseason games from the equation, I hate it because I was one of those guys, right? So, you know, 320 guys are going to get cut in the next couple of days when they say 80-man rosters. Who literally haven't even had a chance to perform yet. You know, they've worked their entire life, 22, 23 years to get this opportunity. Some of them already flew to Houston or Kansas City, got the COVID test, and they're in a hotel room and they're gonna be like, hey, thank you for flying here to take a COVID test. We have to cut 10 dudes. You're one of them. You can now fly back. I mean they probably got covid flying there and flying back to just get the covid test. I mean so I really dislike that. You know, I I am open there's no chance I make the Redskins roster in 2001 without the preseason. So I'll give you guys a quick story. Michael, how old are you? I am 36. Ben? 23. No, you're not, Ben. Yeah.
0: <laughs> I <am. laughs> oh I, mean, I knew that was not going to go well. <laughs> 23? Yeah, when, you, when you made the Redskins roster, I was four. Dude, now you're, you're just stacking
2: hate upon hate right <laughs> yeah, now. Yeah, I, just, I, I should lie. Did should you alive. look at him
1: and, and think he was
0: older? <laughs>
2: right. I thought he was one of those, like, 32-year-olds that, that just looks
0: like they're a I baby. Probably you know I probably mean? will be one of those 32-year-olds who still looks like he's Meanwhile, 18-year-olds.
2: Michael, you're a 36-year-old that could pass for 48 if you had <laughs> to. <laughs> if you had to, right? With the bald and the beard. Yeah. So, dude, I'm not So – I, I tear my MCL second degree, fourth day of training camp with the Redskins. So I missed the first preseason game. Second preseason game, they move me to left tackle. Okay. And they say because somebody messed up mentally in the first preseason game, they're like, we need you to be our backup left tackle so that the quarterback doesn't get killed. Because I knew what I was doing. Okay. Fourth play of the game, Chris Samuels gets hurt. And I'm like standing there like, well, they're not going to put me in. Like, I'm playing in the second half. They're not Schottenheimer looks at me. I literally have never been inside the white line or NFL field. I've never played in front of a stadium like that. Like, I, Schottenheimer looks at me and he's like, get in there. <laughs> and I was whole, like, my buddies, I'm, I'm 22. I'm basically Solax age. All my buddies are in the front row drinking beers. I go out there. I go in the huddle. It is Michael Westbrook. Stephen Davis, Stephen Alexander, Jeff George. It was like somebody dropped me in the Madden game I had been playing in my dorm room six months earlier at Princeton. They literally dropped me in the Madden. I had never taken a snap with those guys. Not a snap. And I look at the Falcons, and they had just gone to the Super Bowl two years earlier, and it's like Patrick Kearney, (laughs) Travis Hall, Brady Smith. They're all like 6'6", 290 with like Vs. And I'm thinking... Holy crap! And I can't even push off my right knee because I just tore my MCL. I looked at you. You know what saved me? Jeff George had made so much money and hated the preseason so much that there was no chance he was going to let a rookie, undrafted free agent from Princeton, get him smoked (laughs) in the back of the head. No (laughs) chance. So I, I looked at my. I said, Jeff, I will not get beat inside, and I will not get run over. But it's gonna be a short corner. They are coming, <laughs> it's coming on the they, they are coming. You you guys got to go back and watch the tape. He was doing a four step drop to about four and a half yards. Yeah. Getting rid of the ball at two and a half within a second and a half. I didn't even give up a pressure because Jeff George was like, eh, eh, throw it away. Don't eh, eh, to the tight end. Uh, eh. Like Jeff George. Like he's not getting hit in the back of the head for some rookie from print. Like he's not doing that. So it actually, like, that's that's why I made the team. Because I right. held my own against the Falcon starters with the Redskin starters. So, anyway, I hate the no preseason. I mean, I tweeted this today, at Ross Tucker NFL. Do you guys realize, like, the current proposal is eight padded practices before the first yeah. game?
0: I was wondering what you were thinking of that. Eight, eight is
2: padded practices. Okay, so I have mixed opinions, okay? If I was a veteran, that is the greatest thing of all time. <laughs> I mean that is amazing. Yeah. I get paid the same. I get paid my 1.7 million for the year to have eight padded practices before the season starts. This is the greatest football season of my life as a professional. If I was undrafted rookie, it's the worst. Eight eight padded practices. What what are you going to be able to show an eight padded practices? My advice, to undrafted rookies, that first of practice, just go punch somebody in the face. What? I don't know. If, I don't care if it's the head coach, the starting <laughs> quarterback. Punch somebody. Get noticed. Somehow, because it's your only shot.
1: You were talking about the uh, the offensive line play in the preseason, and that's going to be something that the Eagles are going to be missing out on in evaluating some of these guys. But before we talk about some of the uh, back end roster guys, the backups and whatnot, I wanted to ask your opinion of the Eagles bringing back Jason Peters. I know you're a big fan of him. What did you think the move to bring him back at the young age of 38, which will also require a position change? Obviously, continuity along the offensive line in this unprecedented season is going to be important, but what were your uh, overall thoughts on that?
2: Yeah, I mean, I, I got way in-depth on this on my podcast. Plug the pod, by the way. because Oh, yeah, the, the Ross Tucker football podcast, by the way. But I'll I'll try to give you guys the abbreviated version, which is this is a very difficult move. And essentially – unprecedented i mean i think shield Capadia had it that there's only ever been seven offensive linemen to ever start 10 games or more at age 38 or older period let alone a guy going from left tackle to right guard oh. and so in my experience that transition has not gone very well 2002 the redskins tried that with rod jones he started the super bowl at right tackle for the rams they moved the Things happen so fast inside in terms of, like, the D-tackle's on you right away. You're involved in every blitz pickup. Yeah. So, you know, D-tackle's Mike Linebacker. Like, you, it's a lot different than tackle in that regard. You're going against thicker, more powerful bodies. You don't have the same timing of kick, slide, kick, slide, punch. You know, you, you can't sort of prepare yourself. Like, it's now. It's punch. It's grab that dude right now. So it is a major change. 2007, I was back with the Redskins, the Washington Football Club, whatever. And they tried the same thing with Todd Wade. Absolute disaster. So the two times I've seen a team take a tackle, move him to guard, have him be the starter, it was an abject failure. That said, I was also in Buffalo the day they moved Jason Peters from – tight end offensive tackle when Solak was uh, four years old or however old he was, okay? Five years old, whatever. Um, And what I can tell you is it's the craziest thing I saw in my seven years in the NFL. So he was a 220-pound tight end. They moved him up the active roster for special teams. I actually have the video footage that I might share at some point of him blocking a punt against the Bengals and returning it for a touchdown. Goodness. Jason Peters, <laughs> blocking a punt, returning for a touchdown. And we need that win. They one. move him. They have him come down for one-on-ones, okay? And we're all standing there like, yeah, we'll see how this goes, this kid. Nobody could beat him. It was the craziest thing I've ever seen. Like, they had him against a practice squad guy. His technique was terrible, but it was just uh, uh, locked up. Second string guys, boom. Then, like, our best guys, like Aaron Schobel, like our best player, Nothing. And we all looked at each other like, "What the hell is going on right now?" I mean, he literally—I am not exaggerating. In 2004, that was probably my 15th year playing football or 14th year of my life. He was better in 14 seconds—that's crazy—than I was in 14 years. Right. I remember thinking, like, "What? What the hell is this?" Like, what? I, I, I practiced this all day, every day, my whole life. And this guy that has no idea what he's doing and he's better. So my point is if anybody can make that transition, it's Jason. And, and the bigger thing would be this. Let's be honest, guys, left tackle and right guard are question marks coming into the season. We don't know what Dillard's going to give us. We don't know at right guard with Brandon going down. Brandon Brooks was unbelievable last year. I I love Brandon Brooks with him going down two question marks in my mind. Jason Peters, one way or the other, makes it so that there's one question mark, right? Right, So, if he's right guard and he's good, great. Maybe Dillard plays really well and the Eagles have an awesome offensive line. If Dillard struggles, then they can put Peters back out at left tackle, prior right guard, and then they're still fine. So, he solves one of the two question marks, one way or the other, and gives them depth that they're accustomed to having – but didn't have on paper until they signed him back.
0: Right. Yeah. I I wanted to ask about what you thought about Dillard now in year two, because obviously there were rumors about the Eagles not being stoked with his year one. There was a rumor. He was on the trade block around draft time. Obviously they traded up for him round one pick. They were able to move on from Peters because he was there. Now that Peters is back, how? What are you looking for from Dillard to feel comfortable in year two that he's going to be a, a quality starter? He's going to protect Carson Wentz. What does he need to improve? And if you're not getting that, how short is his leash? If you were calling the shots, how quickly would you be willing to pull him and put him back on the bench to put Peters there at left tackle?
2: Two good questions. Um, I'm still bullish on Dillard overall. Yeah, He's got some things that are really hard to coach. He's mm-hmm. got really good feet. He's silky smooth um, in his pass set. He knows what he's doing. His issue clearly was power last oh, year. I mean, uh-huh. he struggled with power. I don't know why more guys in the Pac-12 didn't bull rush him or whatever. And so I heard that he's put on weight. Heard that he's gotten stronger. I actually think you can mainly alleviate that with technique. I think he needs to close the distance to the rusher faster i like to see him jump guys more.
0: Yeah. Ooh, you know, yeah. he's
2: not going to be a 325, 330-pound guy. I'd like to see him just close the distance, boom, jump him. He's really quick. He's got really good feet. Go jump their butt. You don't need to yes. wait on him. I think if he does that, I think he'll be fine. You know, that's a tough question, Ben, because you want to give him a long leash. Right, you want but, him to develop. Right, but you don't want the your quarterback getting hit In the back. So what I would tell you is probably six to eight games. Right. And what you would do is early on in the season, give him more help and then ease him into more one-on-one situations, right? So you want to get his feet under him, slide that way a little bit more, you know, have say Amalo protect his inside, give him chip help to get his confidence going before you give him more one-on-ones. So that you get to game four, five, six before you're really seeing what he is.
0: Yep. I mean, that's when the Eagles had to put Vitae out there for the 2017 Super Bowl run. Vitae was enough by himself, but they knew that, listen, when we were against those best edge rushers, it was tight end alignment all the time. I mean, he was always had that, that help on the outside shell, and they would slide to him constantly. So, like, they're going to be willing to do it. When you got Lane on the right side, Screw it. You can leave him uh-huh. on an island as much as you want. That's
1: a good tackle out there. So, Ross, we, we've covered the offensive line, the preseason. I wanted to give you the chance since we didn't do it up front. Plug your work. Plug your pod. Let us know what you got cool coming up uh, as we record this. Uh, anything soon you've got coming out because I love the – especially the series with uh, Greg Cosell uh, really teach teaching us the, the game and whatnot. So, fire away, man. Whatever you want to plug. Yeah, no,
2: I appreciate that. Uh, first of all, all the social stuff, it's at Ross Tucker NFL. So, Twitter – Instagram or Facebook like Solak, it's all uh, Ross Tucker NFL. And then uh, my podcast, I got a bunch of them actually, Ross Tucker Football Podcast, and I'll have Greg Cosell on Friday. We're doing Cosell's Concepts. You can actually go back and listen to some of the other ones we already did. Awesome. I mean, coverages, protections, run game, situational football, awesome. Uh, I think the last three are all available too on YouTube, YouTube youtube.com slash Ross Tucker NFL, uh, so you can actually check out Greg on camera saying those things. If you're into fantasy, check out the Fantasy Feast. If you're into betting, even money podcast. And I believe, Ben, you've been on the College Draft podcast before, correct? Yeah, I
0: have. You know, you've tapped me before through the draft network. Absolutely, man.
2: Yeah, so – just to note, okay, the 41-year-old that played seven years in the NFL and is the Eagles television analyst mm-hmm. had the 23-year-old baby face on my podcast, yet I had to beg. I had to get and on my knees and beg to be on the BGN podcast. I'm pretty unbelievable. You know what, Solak? You're like a typical millennial. That's what you are. <laughs>
0: right? A, you, you, you want everybody no to come to you. Realness. You don't
2: want to ever reach out to anybody else
0: i never felt so bad about such a good show that we've put together, Mike, because it was awesome. And it's also like all my fault that it hasn't happened earlier.
1: Russ, I wanted to invite you this entire time. It's just Ben was scared because you knew that he was trying to take his job when people started adding you.
2: Honestly, you guys have a great crew. When you have, you know, I'm a big fan of Jimmy's, uh, Brandon, like you guys have a great thing going. Kudos for your success. I'm happy to come on anytime you guys know I do the Eagles pregame for WIP. And so I'm I'm like, I watch every snap they play. So if you ever want me, whether it's maybe even if just O-line specific stuff, I'm happy to happy to come on with you guys anytime. I always say this, don't tell the Eagles this, but when I'm talking about the Eagles, like, I don't think anything I do is work. Like, I don't feel like I'm working whatever I do, but when I'm talking about the Eagles, it's really not work. You know what I mean? <laughs> like, it's re- – like, all my right. buddies like, – like, my text thread is all – I mean, I'm doing the Eagles draft show, and and I'm on camera here from – you know, because of social distancing. I'm on camera, and they literally said in my ear, the Eagles drafted Jalen Hurts. Ooh. Ten, nine, eight, seven. And then I'm on, and, and they're like, Ross, what do you think? And meanwhile, as I'm talking – you can imagine the text messages oh, yeah. from my buddies that are just <laughs> flowing through. So I've got it like in my pocket. I'm trying to stay calm, and my phone is bzz, 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 with all my buddies from high school. So it, it was kind of funny. It's just, it's very cool. Even though I didn't play for the team, it's very cool with every year, my kind of fandom um, and appreciation comes back a little bit because it's just fun. To have something to be um, excited about with your friends and family, right? Like my right. my wife's an Eagles fan. My father-in-law, you know what I mean? Like it's just it's fun that I can, with every year, kind of put my career aside and embrace uh, embrace the Eagles a little bit more.
1: That's awesome, man. We would love to have you back to uh, to talk shop and and network and talk some Eagles. That would be uh, that would be amazing. So we thank you for joining us, Ross. Say goodbye to the gentle listeners.
0: Thank you as always. We appreciate you guys oh, coming on. Try to, you trying to take Ross? his job? Yeah, I said says, Ross, say goodbye. Ross get to do that closing? <laughs> I, oh, my goodness.
2: I'm it's joking. okay. No, no, no. Ben gets to do the closing. But <laughs> yeah, I would I just like to say.
0: to me, and he tossed it to Ross. I can't believe it. I'm being now replaced that I now. Have Michael, now that I have
2: Michael's number, Ben, our issues are over. Our problem is solved. I'll be texting Michael every week, all season, to come on as often as I can.
0: Oh, I love <laughs> it. But either way. Thank you, Ross, for coming on. We appreciate you being here. Thank you, gentle listeners, as always, for listening to the Kisten and Solak Show here on BGN Radio. We do appreciate you swinging by. He was Ross Tucker. He's Michael Kist. I'm Benjamin Solak. We will catch you next week.
1: We all we got. We all we need. Fly eagles fly.